The difference maker in our career growth is often our willingness to ask for help. On today's show, why you should be asking for help and the tactical actions you can take to get results. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode 269. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And this weekly show will give you access to the best thinkers, resources, and actions to help you develop your leadership skills. And I'm glad you've joined today because today we're tackling a topic that is one that I know I struggle with, and I bet that many of you do as well. And that topic is how to ask for help and particularly how to ask for help around navigating our career opportunities and moving on to the next stage in our careers and our own professional development. I am really excited to be able to introduce to you today someone who brings a lot of expertise in this area, and that is Larry Brayman. Larry is the president of Global Career Consulting and Placement and the founder of Career University, live and on-demand job landing and career advancing webinars at mycareeru.com. Larry holds multiple career coaching certifications from Lee Hecht Harrison, one of the world's largest providers of corporate outplacement services. And he's worked with CBRE, Kia Motors USA, and the city of Los Angeles, and many others. And probably most importantly, he's a Chicago Cubs fan. So, of course, he's completely wise and <laughs> knows everything there is to know about everything in the world. That's all we need to know. That's all you need to know. What else but, is there? <laughs> yeah, we can't talk too much about it because we don't want to jinx the year that they're having. I know. So I know. Let them just be and do their thing, and we'll see, right? Because we don't want to get hurt in the end. Someone told me, a friend of mine out here in the pa- one of the past years when the Cubs weren't doing as well, Larry, uh, he said, Dave, I don't think the Cubs are going to have a great uh, a great season this year. And uh, I said, well, you know, in Chicago, we call that summertime. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. But, uh, but like you said, let's not jinx it. So uh, I'm, I'm glad to welcome you to the show. And I think this is something that so many of us really do struggle with is we don't necessarily think to ask for help when it comes to our careers or, by the way, any other topic around leadership and and our professional lives, uh, but particularly around career advancement and next steps, a lot of times we don't necessarily know what to do. And, and At least for me, I've run into that. It seems like a lot of our clients run into that too. Have you run into that as well? Well, sure. And we run into it for a variety of reasons. And I think the number one reason is that I think people perceive often asking for help as a sign of weakness. And that that means that because you know, we are expected perhaps to know everything that we need to know and be able to navigate everything that we need to navigate. And I think that, that for a lot of people, there's a stigma around actually admitting and at least admitting publicly that you need help. And the truth is that most of us, I would say actually all of us, have gotten to where we are in our careers because we've been helped in some way in, in, in some way along the way. So we should not be so shy, so so hesitant to actually do the reaching out because this is how people advance in their careers. It resonates a lot what you're saying, and I think back to 
the early part of my career, Larry, where I, I, I had the belief system, whether I ever articulated it out loud, I don't know, but I certainly, looking back at the belief system, there was a lot I could figure out myself. I could do my own research. I could make you know my opportunities happen. And someone was someone very wise, I don't remember who it was early on, said, people want to help you. And you know a lot of people. And even at that time, you, you know, the point was made, I, you have friends and family members and people you interact with socially who like you and trust you. And they want to help you. But there's a couple of problems. One is they don't know you need help. And even if they did, they don't necessarily know what to do to help you. And they'd probably be willing to help if you just show them how. I really took that to heart at one point. And uh, I remember I was at a career transition and ended up emailing 25 or 30 people who were close to me at the time and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm kind of struggling with this career transition. Here's what I'm looking for. Here's where I think you could help. And that's how I got my job at Carnegie, actually, initially. That was where the connection came from, is one of those folks was connected with Carnegie and going through a course. And so it uh, it really opened my eyes to the power of just having the willingness to ask for help. Right. And so we can certainly talk about all sorts of ways that people can outreach. But just to, to reinforce that, what, what you're saying is that there are people out there, they want to help you, and they need to know, A, that you need the help, and they need to know how to help you. And uh, your, your best friend, besides having the gumption and some strategy behind the outreach, which we can talk about, but is to begin with what I call clarity. I'm always telling my clients and workshops and anybody who's looking to, to advance that the job market demands clarity. So that's the part about letting people know not just that you need help, but how to help you. And the more clearly and cleanly you can, you can form your message and your messaging, the more you're going to advance, the better advice you're going to get, the more likely people are going to be to actually want to open up to you, meet with you, share with you. I was, I was thinking that some people, when they reach out to me for career advice, some people reach out and say, very generally, uh, I'd, I'd like to get some career advice from you. And I'm thinking, okay, we're going to sit down and I have no idea how long this might go on and where we might be going. And, and while I'd like to be generous, I am probably going to be more, more enthusiastic about meeting with somebody who reaches out to me and says something like this. You know, Larry, I heard you speak at this, at this recent at the chapter meeting of ATD, which is a professional association that I, that I belong to. And, and you gave us some great social media tips. And I am looking to, to build that more into my, my job search strategy. And I was wondering if we could get together for a little bit to, so I could bounce some ideas off of you and get your feedback on some strategies that I'm employing. So there's something really specific that I can work with and I know how I can best help this person. I'm going to be more, more again, enthusiastic about helping this person because I know that they're focused, they know what they want, they know what they need, and I know how I can best support them. I love that point because I've had that experience as well where someone has asked me for some mentoring or some coaching and we have a half-hour conversation and I come away sometimes from that conversation thinking, 
I don't know what this person's going to do with that information, or I'm not quite sure where they're headed, or if I was even helpful, because they had the willingness to reach out to ask for help. So that first thing we were talking about, but then the like you were saying, the clarity of what exactly am I doing that's being helpful, it seemed like it's, sometimes it's almost a waste of both of our times. And I'm wondering for people who may be thinking, gosh, I don't know if I have clarity on that. What are some things that people can do to get clear on what others can do to help? That's a great question. The first thing that you'll want to do before you start your outreach is to just ask yourself some real real clear questions about what it is that you need. Where are you career-wise? And it, you may be Again, you may be a working executive looking to advance your career, or you may be in job search mode, but where are you, and what are some specific things that you think would be helpful to advance you to the next steps? It's, it's, it's being prepared for that, if someone was going to ask you, how can I help you, what would you respond? Because you never want to be caught short when that question comes up. It's something that we talk about in our elevator speech course at, uh, at MyCareerU.com. And so I think that can help you uh, focus on what those specific things are that can, that can help you advance. So what do you need to get to the next level? Um, and and you know, it may also be, for some of us who are maybe earlier on in our careers, it may be looking longer term. What, where do you want to go? Where would you love to see your career go in the next two, three, five years? You may be able to, you should be able to get more, more solid, solid information around that to, to share with people. So whatever it is, we do want to give them something that they can, can work with. When, when I was thinking about the conversation that when, when, when you sit down and you're not sure after a half hour how I have helped somebody because they haven't been specific and we've been kind of spinning our wheels, they've also lost out on an opportunity to build credibility with you. And, to, and, and this is a key part when we're talking about how do we get the help that we want and when we are connecting with people who may be advisors, mentors, advocates, uh, that if if we are not establishing that we know what we want, that we know what we're doing, that we have some expertise, that we have some some value, or 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 at least we've done good research, something that that builds confidence in the person that we're partnering with, that person is much less likely to give us the kind of information that is going to be helpful because that we don't believe that you're going to do anything with it. Or, and, and here's the big one. One of the most important things and the most helpful things in, in talking to people about your career advancement is getting referrals and introductions to talk to more people about your career advancement. And, and if somebody is in a conversation with me, and I imagine you too, Dave, and we feel like I'm just spinning wheels and they don't have direction and they don't have credibility, I'm, I'm not going to open up my contact book to, oh, to me these neither. people, right? Yeah, total, I'm totally there with you. I was thinking that same thing as you were saying that it's like, I am so hesitant to make connections for people if they're not clear or not focused. But when they are, it's the exact opposite. I'm very willing to help in any way I can that's clear or apparent through a connections. Exactly. I love that you brought that up. Right. 
You mentioned one other thing a moment ago, which I think is key too, of the um, how can you help? And I, I, I'm actually having a conversation later today with someone who I perceive to be a lot more influential and further along in their career. And if they ask the question, how can I help you? I have the answer ready. <laughs> and I've, I've learned that having that answer ready at any time you're sitting down with someone to be ready to, to ask for help in, in a particular area is really important. That's right. That's right. It's, it's good to have that answer ready. And it's also good to be willing to ask that question, even if you feel like you are in the less senior role. And, and that, that can be helpful for a lot of reasons. Uh, one is that you are, are putting out there that you are generous, that you also, it, it also helps you feel you know, a lot of times we're in, when we're in these situations, we're feeling maybe kind of, kind of small or less powerful because you know, this person is, is more, more advanced, more established. But when we put ourselves out there and say, you know what, how can I help you? Uh, and it reminds us that we also have a lot of value in this, in this transaction, that, we've got, that, we've, that we have built careers, that we've got experience, that we have knowledge and industry knowledge and contacts and all sorts of things that could be valuable. So I think it's a way to help us, to help us uh, strengthen our, our positions, feel more confident, and, and so, uh, so we don't feel like we're in these positions where we're just you know, take, take, taking from these conversations. Yeah, and that actually is a good transition to one of the other things I know that you think about, which is how to hold the interest of the other party when we are having a conversation like that, or maybe we're asking for help. When you're coaching your clients and thinking through that, what are the kinds of things you're telling them? The first is to make this conversation not all about you. There's a there's a, a great I, I have a, an acting background I bring a lot of theater experience and lessons to to the coaching that I do, and one of the great rules of improvisational comedy or improvisational theater is to make your communicating partner more important than you. Hmm. And the way you do this and the benefits of doing this is basically what we're talking about here in, in practical sense is making sure that what you're talking about is something that they're interested in talking about and always gauging for their interest and making sure that they are, are, are with you in this, in this journey. And one way to make sure that you are not just because I'm sure you've been in this situation, and I bet you all your listeners have as well. We sit down with somebody, and we say, we ask them open-ended questions like, what do you do, or how can I help you, or tell me about yourself, and we get this huge steamroller coming at us that just goes on and on and on, and we don't know what to do with all this information that's been given to us. Yeah. And, and so one of the things that, uh, that I coach my clients on, and, and uh, we talk about this in, uh, at, at, at careeru.com, in elevator speeches and networking, is to be brief. So if somebody asks me, what do I do? I say, I'm a career consultant. And then I zip it. I, I used to say, 
I'm a career consultant, so that means that I work with clients in these three ways, and da 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 da, da and I help people advance and, and such. And and I found that it's much more effective for me just to say I'm a career consultant, and then see what I get back from my audience, because I might get get something back that says, "What's a career consultant?" And then I can help educate them a little bit. But usually, what I get back is whatever they need at that moment in their lives from whatever they perceive a career consultant does. Oh, nice. Right? So by me leaving it open, they adjust their needs and interests to, to, what, I, to what I've said, and I haven't just flattened them with all this information that they're trying to, that they're trying to, to dig through. So, so that's, it's, 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 a, it's a, a matter of of handing out your, your information in small, easily digestible bits and testing for interest. And so, so that's one we, we, can, we can dig into more, but just that being, being short and testing for interest is a real way, is, a, is, a, is a, I think a terrific way to keep people engaged in this conversation. That is also one of the key pieces of asking for help is then doing something with the information and the connections that are made. And I don't know if I've mentioned this on our show before, Larry, but years ago I started this practice before the era of smartphones and all of that of when someone would ask a favor or ask for a letter of recommendation or ask for a connection, I would often just ask people, uh, would you just send me an email? And remind me of the request because I, you know, or or I'd be with a group of people and I didn't have a piece of paper or whatever. And I did that a few times. And I, I noticed this really interesting trend is a lot of times I never got the email. And uh, I started and now I actually still do this, <laughs> even though I've got the iPhone right there. And a lot of times I will say to someone, I said, you know, just go ahead and send me the email or, or send me a note or something. And it's interesting I would say more than half the time, the other party doesn't take the first step. And so I, I love helping people, but I do want them to take the first step because I don't want to spend time investing, time making connections if, if they're not going to follow up. And I'm wondering um, if you've noticed that trend too, but I'm also wondering just what are some of the strategies we should use as far as taking the next step? Right. And you know, I'm I'm smiling as you're telling your story because I I I do the same thing now. I will say to somebody, you know, send me an email as a reminder, and and we'll go. And it's a good filter. It's a it's a good filter to see you know, who who really has follow up and who you want to then invest in more. So I think that so so the bigger theme is, and this is what I work with my clients on. If someone offers, take them up on their offer and take them up quickly. Strike while the iron is hot. I was uh, working with a client last week, and he had uh, he'd finally gotten a lunch at, with somebody at uh, at Disney that he had been looking forward to for a long time, like an informational interview. And the guy was nice enough to bring him back to the office and sort of toured him around and introduced him to lots of people. And a couple of the people said, "You know what? Here's my contact information." Give me a, give me a call and we'll get together for lunch. I'd love to talk to you more. And so we spoke after after this lunch, and he said to me, "So here's what happened." And I was thinking about 
maybe giving it a week or so just because I don't want to seem too anxious. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> these people <laughs> yeah. are being very generous. They're interested in, in you. You yeah. made a good connection. Follow up on it right away oh, while indeed. it's hot. Indeed. You move on it immediately. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, you know you, the corporate memory is very, is very short. When somebody says, let's do something, then they move on, they get back to work and things happen and help, and you could be lost in their memory in a week. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. I can barely remember what I had for breakfast exactly. <laughs> these days, it seems like. And uh, yeah, oh, I've learned that lesson the hard way myself, uh, just in business development and sales over the years. Is It is unbelievable how dynamics change in 48 to 72 hours later uh, if exactly. you don't move on things quickly. So yeah, that's, right. that's such so good I, advice. So I hope that all of your listeners are setting goals for themselves that are you know, maximum 24-hour response time to, uh, to an inquiry, to something from a prospect, to an offer from somebody to, you know, to, to build a relationship. Uh, I think those, that, those, are, those are really important goals to have. And, and make sure that your follow-up, of course, is professional. You know, there's a lot of debate is in terms of how effective email versus, versus phone is. And I don't know, Dave, if you've come down on one side or the other in terms of, in terms of communications. Um, I, uh, phone calls are something that can be far less ignored and lost than emails. And, uh, and so often I am, I am advocating for my clients to, to at least use a combination. If you, the, the email is great, but don't assume that it's going to be seen, read, remembered. So if you don't hear back, a follow-up call uh, pretty pretty quickly is is certainly is certainly advisable. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that's so hard. And if different industries and different organizations handle this differently, and I think the key is is do it quickly. Whatever you do, um, I've certainly had it happen before. Where I'll get someone's contact information, I'll try them by phone, and if I don't get them live, I'll then send the email right away. I won't even leave a message necessarily, or I'll leave a message and I'll say something quick like, "Hey, I'm sorry, I missed you. Met you this morning. I'll send you a quick email with some details." Exactly. And, and then exactly. that's you know that's kind of an easy way to to connect with someone both ways. But uh, and I, I think the other part I'd add into here too um, is you don't have to have it all figured out, like just to set the meeting. Um, you know, you can always figure that out later. You know, if you but the initial reach out is key. And then, you know, once you've booked the next conversation, then you can kind of think through like, okay, what do I want to, um, you know, what's the, what's the strategy or how can I really help this person and have them help me? Um, so, you know, you don't have to have it all figured out. And sometimes right. it's just, just, just striking while the iron's hot and moving forward and see where things lead is, uh, is huge. Yeah. And I think it's actually helpful in a way, even if you do have it all figured out, not to share that in, say, in an email. Because oh, yeah. that yeah. because that gives somebody the opportunity just to answer some questions in an email and that's it. There you go. But we know that we get the most traction and we build relationships better in person or at least on the phone. We're making better connections. We're establishing more rapport, which allows us to, to grow and build. And if you give somebody the opportunity to just say, you know, yes, no, here's some resources, then you really haven't advanced that, that relationship the way you need to. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And it comes right back to what you were talking about earlier of being concise. And one of the worst things you can do is overwhelm someone with a ton of information or requests or strategy. Uh, just, you know, most people don't have time for that on email and uh, save that for that in-person conversation when you get there. Exactly. And, and I know one of the other things that you coach people on too is 
getting a mentor or an advocate, how is that different from just maybe that broader network of people that may help us? Yeah, I would say, well, and, and there are, and we should define these in two different ways uh, because they have, they both have very important roles to play in our professional development. A mentor would be somebody who is a go-to person to bounce ideas off of problems that you might be having. Uh, you're stuck on on different things, a certain question you need answered, and those are those are important to have. And an advocate or a sponsor. This is a bit of a different idea that, than, than we've been hearing in terms of mentorship. These are people who really take a vested interest in your career and are often pulling for you and actually moving the levers for you to advance your career from inside your organization. And they're extremely, extremely important. So, so those are two areas to, to really keep in mind for your career. Um, as, far as, as far as connecting with, with mentors, um, and especially there are, there are people that we, I think, should focus on that we know, and there are people that we might not even know yet. And for people that we know, or at least know of. I mean, that's that's the first thing that I would like. I would suggest people think of is who who do I look up to in my industry, in my professional, in my professional life, and and where where are they hanging out? You know, they might be people who are in within your organization. They might be people from from other organizations that you know because of because of you've seen them at at conferences or you know speaking here and there you might see them uh, a lot online like they're very present in in LinkedIn groups they might be somebody from your academic life professors etc that have had a big influence in you on, on you so start to think about who these people are that might actually be targets for your mentoring and then and then begin your outreach by you know, reconnecting and um, reminding people how you know each other, and again being specific in your in your in your ask in your in your reconnecting. One of the things that I have done, and maybe Dave, you've done this too. A lot of my clients do this. If they see somebody, they know somebody that they think that would be great to connect with career-wise, that they would love to have them it's got to be taken under their wing, or they think they could get great regular advice, is to find out where they're going to be appearing. And I've had people go to conferences specifically because this speaker is there, and I want to introduce myself to this person. I've I've done this myself, nice. and because we made and because because you know that there's a great potential connection and that gives you something to, you know, you can meet them in person, but also gives you a great thing to reach out and follow up on afterwards in terms of opening that door to the relationship. I love that advice. And, uh, and I've, I've also heard the advice recently, which I really like, and I've not, I don't think I've ever done this, Larry, that I can think of off the top of my head, but uh, to offer to, to help on a project they're working on or even collaborate uh, and it's and it gets beyond the the traditional like I, I want to do an informational interview or have coffee like a lot of people do that. Um, but if you can offer to help in some way and something that's important to them or they're working on or offer to volunteer some time or collaborate in some way, uh, that can be a great way to open up those doors and those connections in a way that a lot of people aren't going to think to do. Right, right. Coming back to them and saying you spoke about this or I know you're working on the, on this. How, how can I help? 
Or more specifically, I have A, B, and C skills that could be really helpful to you. So there we are with our, with our specificity of message again. Yeah. And, and you're right. I think it's, I think it's a, a terrific idea. And, and, and going back to the first thing is being willing to ask and being willing to get out there and engage. Um, mm-hmm. I sometimes have people ask me, well, how do, you get, how do you get people to come on the show and how did that all happen? And the, the biggest answer, there's a lot of answers, but the biggest answer is, I just ask. And I started doing that years ago. And yeah, a lot of people said no at the beginning, but some people said yes. And and there's always a subset of people that will say yes to help. And you may have to ask a couple of times over six months or a year, uh, but it is really um, the people out there that often are the people that are the successful people in your industry, your organization are the kinds of people who have also asked for help because that's how they got to where they are. And they often want to help. They want to give back. And so um, I, I found more often than not, it's the case that people are ready and willing to help if I'm ready and willing to ask. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And it all goes back to how we started our conversation with just giving yourself permission to ask. And, and it's very much, I find with a, a lot of people that I work with, it's very much a muscle that needs to be built for, for us. So many of us are just not comfortable reaching out, asking, asking to connect, asking for help, asking for advice, whatever it is that, that we may need. But once you start doing it, it really does get easier. And, and we know that people who are in particularly in career transition, that, that they really need to keep up a certain number of career-related conversations on a weekly basis to help them advance toward their next job the way they need to, for, for example. So, so there's a, a benchmark that's, that's, that's been set of, of, say, 20 to 30 conversations a week. Now, that can be really overwhelming and daunting for people who are not used to, to reaching out connecting, asking for help, etc. So, so setting, you know, setting some smaller goals uh, that, are, that feel really doable initially can be, can, be, can be really helpful. Let me just, just speak with, with two people this week and see how that feels and, and, and know that I've gotten some successes from that and, and then add from there. It's really just getting started and, and, and building that muscle. Because in the end, this is what I tell my clients all the time, you know, networking is really just the opportunity to talk about stuff that you're interested in. Yeah. Speaking of talking about uh, things you're interested in and having all those conversations, the kinds of people who are often the people that we're trying to connect with are the kinds of people who are having a lot of conversations or having a lot of interactions every day. It's, and they may be having 20 or 30 conversations a day or having lots of appointments. And like you were saying earlier, it's easy if you don't follow up immediately to not even be remembered. So I'm wondering, in addition to following up quickly when there is an opportunity, what are some of the things that you see work well for people in being memorable? I think the the, the most important thing is connecting to something that is uh, for lack of a better term, alive between you and this other person. And so, so what is it that has brought your connection together? It might be a person. It might be an, a common idea 
that you share. It might be, again, that you saw this person, that you were so moved by this, by, by what they said at a particular uh, conference. So what is that commonality, that connection? I think the other thing that, that works as well, that's helpful as well, is that we forget that people do, they hire us, they, they become our clients, they promote us because in the end, and you know about this from working with Carnegie, because, because there's a human connection. They, they like us, they trust us, they want to be around us. Yeah. So what is it that you can add to your messaging that humanizes you in a, in a way that goes beyond just, you know, here are my, here's who I am as a leader and my core areas of expertise and all, you know, here's, you know, here's why you should pay attention to me because I am, because I am, uh, because I'm so well established or, or because I, because I have this knowledge level is what can we do to humanize ourselves in these interactions? And so that may be finding something that is outside of the realm of the typical professional conversation that you can connect with them about. You started our conversation, Dave, with what? Before we talked business, what did we talk? The Cubs. Yeah, we talked the Cubs, right? And so there we are, our, you know, because you're a Cub fan, my likability factor for you just went up exponentially. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. And I remember that from our first conversation. I didn't, ironically, I didn't remember some of the more professional details, but I remembered your triathletics, that you're a triathlete. I remembered that you're a Cubs fan because those are things that are unique to you. There's lots of career consultants out there, but uh, those are things that are really unique and personal to who you are. And so uh, those are the kinds of things that resonate with me. And, um, and, and same thing's true for all of us. You know, if we can, if we can humanize ourselves in those interactions, it's so key for us being memorable. Right. It gives us more things for people to latch onto and remember and connect with us with us over. I, I literally the other day I was talking to a new prospective client and uh, the conversation went, went, was going very well. And I asked him if he had any other questions for me, uh, that, uh, so that I could, could see if there was anything else that he needed to know in order for me to be the, the career consultant that he wanted to choose for his transition. And he said, I noticed online that you're an Olympic distance triathlete. And so what races have you done recently and do you have any plans coming up? And we got into this conversation, just like, like you said, you noticed that we talked about triathlete. We got into this triathlete conversation because he had just started doing some and he was working to build up his endurance to go to the next level. And I said, hey, you know, if, if, if we get to work together, we can, we'll trade stories and tips and it'll be a lot of fun. And a few days later, I got the word from him that he wants to work together and he bought a large consulting package. And so was it the, the triathlon discussion that, that sealed it in the end? I'll never know. But I know he was talking to a lot of other consultants and something there was, and there was chemistry, which is ultimately how we make these decisions. And isn't it interesting how some of the best business meetings or the things that advance relationships and opportunities in our careers if it's a half hour meeting, sometimes it's only six or seven minutes on the core um, professional piece. And it may be 20 minutes of talking about something else or something that's tangential, or like you said, even personal, but that ability for people to feel like they know something about us, that they like us and that they, and even start to trust us because of that human connection. It's so key. That's right. That's right. And there's science to back that up and there's surveys to back it up. When hiring managers, make the decision to, to make that offer, 
the number one thing is that they like you, mm. that they feel connected to you. And I'm sure that clients you know, are, are the same way. You know, there's just that connection. Well, Larry, for people who have decided they like you, <laughs> which is me, and also I know a bunch of our listeners, what's the best way for them to track you down and find some of the resources you've mentioned in our conversation? Well, sure. Well, thanks, Dave. The Career University webinar platform that I've referred to a couple times, people can, can find lots of courses that take my learning and the learning of lots of other great career consultants uh, together. Um, that's at mycareeru.com. And there are about 15 courses there. There's, uh, there's a free preview for each one. And even those free previews, you learn something just from watching, just from watching those. So that's, that's one way. And then people can reach me directly through my website, my consulting website, Global Career CP, as in uh, Charlie and Peter, dot com, globalcareercp.com. And uh, you can contact me. There's a newsletter. There's, a, uh, there's some free stuff to grab. And soon, uh, there'll also be, if you, if, if you sign up for our, our newsletter, we'll have a, an outlet to sample some of the Career University courses for free as well. So, so lots of ways to stay in touch. Well, speaking of staying in touch, I noticed that uh, one of our mutual friends, Tom Henschel, is uh, doing one of your one or a couple of the courses on there, and uh, so many good things. So I really appreciate your wisdom, Larry, and taking the time to share it with us. And I hope folks will go check it out. And for those of you who get the weekly leadership guide from me, I'll have all the links that uh, we've mentioned here and that Larry's mentioned uh, in the episode. Larry, thanks a ton for your time. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome, Dave. It's been a real pleasure. Two actions I hope you'll consider taking after this conversation. First and foremost is to consider something Larry or I mentioned in the dialogue and to take action on that. If not today, this week or at the very least this month, that will get you starting to ask for help, uh, either starting at all or starting to do it more consistently. And if you will do that, I think you'll find, as I have and Larry has and many clients I've worked with over the years, that the more we're willing to ask for help, the more help we get. And I, I know that seems obvious, but it um, a lot of us, me included, have this fallacy of thinking we can do it all ourselves or somehow we're supposed to do it all ourselves. And uh, just go talk to four or five successful people with however whatever definition you use for success. Go talk to them and, and start asking them about what contributed to their success. And if they don't say it explicitly, I guarantee you, it's going to come up in the conversation. A bunch of the different people and relationships and partnerships that they've built over the years that have contributed to them learning a lot and growing and being more effective at what they do. So I wish the same for you as well. Uh, the second thing that I'd ask you to consider is to think about the person that you know or that you work with, or maybe even that you lead, that needs to also be asking for help more consistently. And if you would, share this conversation with them, because it will get them started on that path and some of the ideas and strategies that will help them to ask for help more consistently too. Uh, we are all here to support each other in this effort of us all becoming 
more effective leaders. And so I encourage you to do that as well. And uh, speaking of encouraging us all to be better leaders, um, you may have heard me mentioned on a past episode, we were in the process of redoing the Coaching for Leaders website. And I am thrilled to tell you that the Coaching for Leaders website has just gone through a massive upgrade. It looks different. You've probably already noticed that the podcast logo looks a little different. Um, but way more important than that is the website is now has a lot more functionality and a lot more value for you behind just what's on the front page. And one of those things that I am rolling out this week is I have just created a free 10-day audio course called 10 Ways to Empower the People You Lead. And you can get access to that right away on the Coaching for Leaders website by setting up a free membership on the website. The site now supports that. And I have gone through the back catalog of the last five years of episodes of Coaching for Leaders, uh, conversations, dialogues, uh, things that we've aired. And I have pulled out the 10 lessons that I think are the most critical, most important, that if you here will help you to empower others. And if you will give me 10 minutes a day for 10 days, it will help you to get the most immediate practical actions to become a better leader. And you can get access to that free course. It'll come to your inbox over 10 days uh, right now by going to coachingforleaders.com and registering for that free account on the website. Now, that's just one of a whole bunch of things that are now part of the free membership that's on the Coaching for Leaders website. I'm going to talk more about some of the other things in the coming weeks. But I will mention one other that has been a top priority for me and for many of our listeners over the last year or so, I often get an email from someone that says something like, I'd love to get all the episodes that are on organizational change. We're going through organizational change, and how do I get access to those? And uh, the previous answer was me going through and digging out links and, and, and suggesting some different shows. Uh, now part of the membership, when you register and get into the dashboard on your free membership, there is an icon for a podcast library. And in that library is a graphical interface, which looks great, and it you allows you to search by topic, uh, to click on a specific topic you're looking for, and pull down all of the past episodes from the past five years that specifically relate to that topic you're looking for. So it's going to be a really powerful tool for all of us, me included, and going back and finding conversations we've had in the past that in almost every case are just as relevant today as they were at the time they were aired as far as our own leadership development. So you can access that beginning immediately. We're in the process of getting all the past episodes updated uh, for that. Uh, but there's enough up there now that I can tell you to go uh, visit there and you'll find that'll be really valuable for your ongoing development. So again, the way to do that is just go to coachingforleaders.com, activate your free membership. Whether you've been getting the weekly leadership guides or not, you'll need to activate that free membership on the homepage. And as soon as you do, you'll get access not only to the free audio course, but you'll also get access to those uh, past uh, past episodes, plus a whole bunch more, which I'll mention more in the coming weeks. I'll be watching for more information. We got a lot more coming uh, in the next few weeks. I can't wait to share it with you. And speaking of sharing with you in the past episodes, there's three related episodes that will be of benefit to you from today's conversation. Uh, back on episode 101, I talked with Donna Schilder about how to get the most from LinkedIn. LinkedIn, of course, is one of the most powerful tools these days 
on networking and building our professional networks. And we talked about back in episode 101, some of the strategies for getting the most from LinkedIn. So go check that out if that's something you've been wondering about. On episode 243, Bonnie and I aired a Q&A show. And the title of that show was Your Career Strategy and More Questions. But we started with a question about career strategy of someone who was considering making a big move in their careers. And uh, we tackled a bunch of the different things that come up for many of us when we're thinking about making a career move. So that's episode 243, if that's something that sounds of interest to you. And then finally, episode 259, Scott Barlow was on talking about how to figure out your career. If you're at that point right now, episode 259 is a great starting point. Scott and I had a, uh, a big picture, holistic uh, conversation about where you're going generally in your career. And of course, you can access all those episodes at coachingforleaders.com slash the episode number, or you can now set up that free account at coachingforleaders.com and you can search for all those past episodes really easily just by uh, figuring out the topic you're looking for. Now, on next episode, I'm really thrilled to be able to welcome Judith Glazer. She is coming on the show to teach us about how to increase our conversational intelligence. And she's the author of the book, by the same name. It's called Conversational Intelligence, How Great Leaders Build Trust and Get Extraordinary Results. Uh, we already recorded the interview. It's fabulous. I'm really looking forward to sharing it with you. It's a book that uh, I've heard about and I've heard from several people has been really, really valuable for their leadership development. So I hope you'll check that out next week and hop online, check out the new website. Let me know what you think and set up that free membership and you'll get access to the course 10 ways to empower the people you lead each lesson's less than 10 minutes how about that and i look forward to seeing you again next week take care